is uh, Roger and Council President Dan Gendron, and uh, what uh, this is all about is WNRI has uh, donated time through the months during this uh, campaign to uh, permit the candidates to uh, showcase themselves. This is not an interview uh, where uh, we're looking for the candidate to say something and all of a sudden contradict them or fact check them. This is uh, their time to um, to uh, give the voters a chance to see the election and and their uh, contribution uh, as, uh, in this case here, an elected official to the community uh, worthy of re-election. So it is a pleasure to uh, have you on microphone, Dan Gendron. Thank you, Roger, and, and thank you for the, the donating of your time because um, it is, it's a good opportunity to to get out to the public. And, and thank you, listeners, for those that are taking time to to hear me speak. All right, let's talk about uh, the um, the uh, career, political career of Dan Gendron. Uh, he, uh, how, how many years ago did you uh, start on this um, on this, uh, um, shall we say, journey to uh, public service? Well, I uh, I began way way back on the zoning board of review, and I served, I believe, six or seven years there, and then I I ran for city council, and I lost my first time. And um, then I came back and I ran again and I um, have been successful. Uh, this will be my sixth time running. So losing did not uh, did not discourage you. You just uh, felt that uh, maybe voters uh, needed to uh, see you if, uh, see if you'd come back again. Yeah, and I, I think they um, I, I came back stronger than ever, and I've I've tried to um, keep up to what people expect from me. I, I demonstrated it through the campaigns, and I certainly have demonstrated it in, uh, in principle and in action on the city council. I, I think that by this point, um, people know who Dan Gendron is. They, they, I think they know what to expect. Um, not a, a big frills guy, but um, you, you, can, you can count on honesty and integrity and I think that what I have, what I'm doing uh, on the city council is working for the city. And uh, I really don't have a personal agenda. I know um, going back and, and in my earlier careers, uh, there was a lot of criticism in saying uh, I was just doing it because I wanted to be mayor. And, and I, I will tell you, I, I had no interest then. Um, I didn't have any interest this term. And you don't know what will happen in the future, but my real ambition was to be on the city council and to to really oversee the finances of this of this great city. And um, you know, you sit back if you don't if you don't participate, then you don't have a right to complain. And I I really feel like I've tried to participate. Well, one of your remarks just led me into my next question: oversee the finances of the city. One socket. Now, I realize I'm not interviewing John Ward right now, but one of the things I get as a layman from uh, my perspective uh, is um, you can oversee the finances, but sometimes it's hard to get the financial information from uh, from the city of Woonsocket. Uh, wh- what is the, the problem there? Is it because they're overworked or is there a lack of transparency in sharing uh, fiscal information? No, I, I think that I think that there's a um, there's a definite um, obstacle to us getting the information we need, and it, I know when you said I'm you're not talking to John Ward because he has been um, really hammering the table, looking for 
um, the information. You know, where do financial reports from the, the finance director and they don't, they're not forthcoming, and we, we push it, we pass resolutions, we, we demand it, state law requires it, and it doesn't always happen. And, and you just get to a point, um, I believe if at the top you don't have the, um, the push to get us the information, and that's been the problem going forward with, uh, in the past, um, with, with the current administration. You know, it's, there's, for some reason, there's a lack of interest to work with the city council. And I will say this, I, I have to, I would be unfair if I didn't say this. Um, I think Steve D'Agostino has done a great job in working with the council. And I, I want to point him out because I think he sometimes gets the wrath from the other side for working with the city council. But I appreciate it because when I need information, it's available. Um, when I need something done, it's, it's completed. And I think that should be the case with every department in city government. I just feel that maybe Steve is a little bit more um, resistance, resistant to the administration and does what he knows is right. And I just wish that some of the other directors would do the same because it would make it for a much, much better working environment. Because, believe it or not, it's not just a campaign slogan. We should all be working together for the betterment of the city. And, um, and I, I, I feel that there's a, a message being sent from above that, that we don't need to keep the city council informed. And that's not right. That's not productive. It's not effective. And it certainly isn't legal. Uh, we can discuss the merits of the mayor's news conference a week ago today uh, about uh, development of Cass Park or development for Barry Field, for that matter. But was that uh, another example, as some uh, some others who are running for elective office, um, of how things are introduced to the general public uh, and the city council? Um, uh, were you alerted about that? or And also, once you tell us whether that was uh, something that you were filled in on, uh, maybe your viewpoint on what was discussed. So, sure. I, first of all, we were not informed prior to um, the announcement. We did. I, got, I was announced the same way as you were, that there was going to be a press conference. And um, that was my first inkling that something was going on. I will tell you that the city council had months ago asked for a work session to be updated on the status of the work being conducted at Cass Park, and that never happened. Um, there was a transition in planning directors and whatnot, but there was it was just excuse upon excuse. We never received um, an update, and then all of a sudden there's this press conference. Um, that being said, I don't know if I agree with the, the idea. I'm not opposed to the football field being put at Cass Park, but I don't know anything about it, Roger. I'm only the council president. Why would I know the details? Why would I know the funding sources? Why would I know what the, the bigger plan is? Um, why would I know? Because an administration should be conveying that information to the city council as a whole, and that doesn't happen. So. I don't want to sit here and talk about the merits of the project because I don't know the project. And that's most unfortunate. Um, 
I understand that. So how can you comment on something you don't know about? Same with me. Uh, I, I, I got general. Um, well, I got the same information as you did. I'm exactly. As, I'm as important as you are. Right, and and, and, I, and you are, Roger. You certainly are. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about uh, planning for the future. Um, uh, the governor talks about it in her uh, briefings. Um, where are we going to stand fiscally, uh, statewide, with the state of Rhode Island? Uh, will we get funds from the federal government to close our deficit, or will we have to cut programs? That's on the statewide level, and so we're going to bring that same concept to the citywide level. Um, where will we get the funds, especially... If the state cuts our funding to Woonsocket, so being a, a person who oversees the fiscal uh, uh, issues of the city of Woonsocket, um, I don't expect you to have the answer, but I do expect you to be worried about the future of uh, the of the city's finances as it relates to uh, getting school aid and uh, also getting um, state funding uh, that we're used to getting. And, and that is exactly the point. And that's <clears throat> that's one of the most, I think this is one of the most critical races that I've been in. And it's because I think it is, it is the scariest times. You know, I lived through the Budget Commission. I, um, I, I saw us come out of the Budget Commission. I've been through that. And that is not, that was not as scary as where we are today because we've seen that the state, will have no problem cutting support for the city of Woonsocket. And if that were to happen, you really need people in place that are prepared to act and can take the city through this. And, and you know, you, I, I know you've got, um, you've got feelings about Jim Knoyers and, and, his, and John Ward and their um, financial astuteness, and, and you're absolutely right. I can't deny that, but you you have a group of counselors that we have put together that know how to do the budgets. We know how to be frugal when it needs you know when you need to be frugal and i am I am truly worried about what's going to happen with funding from the state, and if we're not poised to react quickly, uh, it will be devastating for the city of Woonsocket. Um, I think you've seen that I, along with my colleagues, are not afraid to have the tough fight and, and pass tough budgets. But they're always budgets that are fiscally sound and, and financially responsible and affordable for the taxpayers. And, you know, in this climate that we're in right now, it's not a time where you say, let's bring in the B team and see if they can learn what the A-team is doing. I mean, if we still had Tom Brady, um, I think we'd be playing him in the games. You know, you don't sideline your A-team when you're in your worst and, and your most critical time of, of the city's um, existence. This is not just a city problem. It's a city, state, federal, worldwide pandemic issue that's affecting everybody. And um, do you really want to move to the B-line and uh, the B team and, and then hope for the best. I don't think that's wise. Mr. Gendron, uh, I don't know if you know I have some political opinions of my own. I, uh, I, I do have them, and I'm going to share one with you. 
Uh, there are a group of candidates uh, on the ballot for city council that I call off microphone, and now I'm going to call them on microphone, the La La Land candidates, meaning that they have absolutely no idea about a city budget. They have absolutely no idea about what a council is supposed to do and what it isn't supposed to do. Um, so, therefore, I'm thinking you've got to say something about your opponents uh, in this election and how important it is to um, to elect a core of people that uh, have a clue of what is going on in real and socket life. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you you call them what'd you say, la la candidates? The la la land candidates. Yes, the la la land candidates. That's exactly what I'm getting at, Roger. People know who we're talking about. It's now is not the time for emotions. Now is the time for good common sense government. We need we need people who who see the bigger picture. And emotion doesn't play well. You see it happening um, in our local government. You see it at council meetings. It's unnecessary emotion with very little substance. And and you take people like Alex Kithis. He is. Is it okay if I mention the name, Roger? <laughs> it's certainly okay. Okay, I, I, you know, I, I didn't want to get you into trouble. No, but you're going to mention take somebody like Alex Kithis and the team that he's running with. I mean, <clears throat> what what has he brought forth of of any value? I can bring a number of things up that that have hurt the city, that have um, divided the city, but but is that what you want? I, I mean, ultimately, we want the city to come together and be cohesive and, and cooperative and when you have somebody that's just vile and and um and out to attack people i, I don't i don't want to be part of that and um you know you have you have dave councilman susie who says um so many of our votes are five to two um thank you for noticing that dave um maybe you'd want to look in the mirror and realize that you're voting on the wrong side of those five to two votes, Dave. Um, I, I don't think. What's the argument to say five people are wrong and two are right? Uh, no, Dave. Dave, look, look at how your votes are going. Um, you need to, you need to really stand up and and uh, and look at the city of Winsocket that that you grew up in. And I will tell you, my daughter is being brought up in the city, and I hope that. Um, when I eventually pass on and my and my daughter's here, that she'll have a city that she can still be proud of like I am. But when you see people like the Alex Kithises, I don't know what they're trying to do to the city that, that my forefathers built. But um, shame on you because um, this is a great city. Don't destroy it. And, and we need to be... You need, as I, I like to say, you need the A-team there to, to keep it sustainable and, um, and get away from the emotional, the emotional um, reaction to everything. If you've just joined us on WNRI, I'm Roger. The voice that we're interviewing is Daniel Gendron, Dan Gendron, running for re-election to the Woonsocket City Council. He is currently the Woonsocket City Council president, and we are interviewing him uh, as a part of our continuing series of candidate interviews. All right, looking at uh, the uh, list of issues uh, I have. Well, we, you know what? 
I'm going to let you uh, identify a couple of issues that you'd like to identify. I know you um, and uh, and some of the people that you support uh, sent out a flyer, a mailer the other day, and you highlighted a few things. Uh, maybe since this is your segment to spotlight your candidacy, you could point out a few things that you wish to point out. Sure. Well, thank you for that. And I, I, I will I, I'll say, as I started out in the beginning, you know, you know who I am. I um I, I take criticism well. I I try and adapt when people bring up some good points, and I've I've tried to um, temper myself at council meetings, and and I think that I've demonstrated a um, a strong ability and desire to do what's right for the city. I'm not I'm not doing what is right for Dan Gendron. I do what is right for the city of Winsocket, and and it shows in. In the budgets that we've passed, in um, in ordinances that we've put forth to make the safe the city safer, um, resolutions where we recognize the good work of people um, that that help the city to be a greater place. That's what the city council does. But nothing of what the city council does is more important than maintaining. Uh, fiscal viability for the taxpayers and, and giving them um, an affordable tax rate and tax bill. <clears throat> I, <clears throat> I have a postcard that someone sent out and it talks about five years of tax reductions. And the irony of it, and I, I, I appreciate this because it is true, but those tax reductions have been the result of city council labor and what I and my colleagues have been able to do. Um, but what's most interesting is when the postcard says five years of tax reduction, and then you hear um, that the city council has cut paving budgets or the city council has cut funding for the blight, and yet the postcard says that 58 deplorable roads have been repaved. Four municipal parking lots have been paved. Um, 37 blighted properties have been demolished. I think what that says and what this card points out is that we are able to live within our fiscal means. And so the council <clears throat> did what was right for the city. And <clears throat> in working with the administration, um, the administration worked within that fiscal budget and was able to still do what is best and necessary for the city. So I think um, it highlights, probably not intentionally, but it certainly highlights that the city council was right every year when we created a more uh, responsible budget. And the taxpayers reaped the benefit of that. And I assure you that is what I intend to do going forward. You know, it's interesting uh, when you were talking about that mailer. Um, I was going to say, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I was going to say, uh, matter of fact, you could sign your name underneath that mailer also. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the point you were making, saying all these things that someone else is claiming, well, I'm sure they had a role in it. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, it couldn't have happened unless uh, other council members uh, signed on to make it happen. And understand, in, in, we fought for those budget cuts. Um, we we took a lot of heat. They, the uh, some of our budget cuts were the amendments were vetoed, 
And fortunately, you had five stable people that were able to override the veto in many cases. Not every case, but in many cases. But that, that is what um, we and I bring to the city council. And I think that it's, it's indicative of what we stand for, but it's, it's also imperative that people see that and realize um, not one of these people, I'm looking at my postcard now that has the, uh, the five counselors that I'm running, or four counselors I'm running with, none of those people are there for self-gratification or for their own, um, to, to prop up their own agenda. And that's what's unfortunate. When you hear some of the other people running, they really are just running because they have a, another uh, agenda that's personal and, and a not, not for the best interest of the city. So if uh, we did this interview uh, last Wednesday, we wouldn't have had this question. Sometimes uh, news events of the day spark a, a question that um, we wouldn't normally ask other candidates. But since the racist review advisory board was a creation of the city council and since it's got a report back to the city council with its results i believe it's either today or yesterday that um it's today yes it's today that uh, they should have the results uh, and and you'll and i'm not going to ask you to comment on those yet because you've got to wait for the report to be in hand but what about the front page story where a member of the board um is uh, displaying an unfortunate uh um, phrase connected to the police department. And so this is going to be one of those uh, broad questions, Dan, that you're used to me asking. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you have to, like, uh, tone it down. But first of all, comment in particular about her actions. Uh, we're talking about Megan Gifford. And then talk in general about the whole idea of the Racist Policies Review Advisory Board. And then an even broader part of the question on police funding or defunding. You can start at the top or at the bottom. You can start with her or go to defunding. Well, I'll start, I'll start there. Um, I, I, of course, I'm, I'm very, very disappointed. I, I think that when, you know, Councilman Kithis appointed her to the advisory board, that was his recommendation. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed that he would have taken somebody um, that would have done that. In a, in a setting like that that's being viewed to the public. Um, now listen, that individual has her right to free speech. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but you're somewhat representing the city when you're appointed to a city board. And that was, um, to me, uh, was not a, a wise decision. And I think going back to my original thoughts that we need common sense in government, and I don't think there was any common sense used with, with having that in the background. Um, moving on from that, I absolutely support our police department. I would not support defunding of, of our police department. Uh, as I've said, and you've heard other people say, I, I want to give the city of Winsocket, um, provide the best police department that the city can afford. Provide the best police department fire department, public works, um, all of that, the best that the city can afford. And it may not always be as much as everybody wants, but to say that we would defund our great police department, I want to hear nothing of it. I, I think that is 
far from common sense. It's just emotional reaction, and I'm very disappointed with um, that one individual's actions. I, I don't know about the results of the report yet because I don't have it, um, but I do know there were some good people on that board, and um, uh, hopefully um, she's not representative of how the rest of the board is. So what does... Um uh, what does the council do uh, with that? Um, we'll make uh, the happy assumption that you and um, and others are reelected um, uh, this coming Tuesday. What do you do with that report? Well, the, the let's let's go back to the 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 task of the board was to identify racist or biased um, policies or or laws in in city government. So if they, let's just say, and I don't know this to be true, but let's say they found an ordinance that was, was clearly racist or biased, then I would be one that would put, I would start, if, if others don't, and I, I think there'd be a race to get the ordinance filed, um, to amend those ordinances. Or if there was a resolution that had something racist or biased, I, I would be the first, if not second, third, fourth, or fifth, to correct that mistake because that is something that the city council has responsibility for resolutions and ordinances if there's more if there's policies that have been established by the administration then i would hope that when this report comes out if listen i don't think that our administration is racist i'm not saying that but if there was something identified same way as i said if it was an ordinance um, there would be changes made immediately to curb any of that racism or bias. And that was the task of that board. So that's what I'm hoping. If they found something, bring it forth. If they didn't, I think they need to recognize that as well, that there was nothing racist or biased. And I don't know what the results will be. All right. Um, looking at the debate, uh, I'm not going to ask you uh, about who won or didn't win or the debater. I was just looking at some of the uh, issues that were discussed during the debate, and they're directly related to uh, the city council because the council uh, increases or decreases taxes as possible. Uh, another fiscal uh, question um, with the uh, state of the economy uh, and the coronavirus. Um, what about that car income tax. I'm waiting for the bill. You know, I know that I'm not done paying my taxes for the year. Correct. Because I know that that's, that's sitting out there. Uh, and that's probably revenue, um, even though it's being cut back little by little, it's still revenue that the city needs. Uh, any comment on um, when, where, and how uh, we're going to get that, uh, that, that money in? Not that I want to pay that tax. No, no, and, and nor, nor do I or anyone else. And, and you know what? Uh, there's people running that aren't even concerned about that, Roger, because they don't pay taxes. Uh, but anyways, uh, I, I asked <laughs> I just repeatedly. Got that. <laughs> I'm sorry? I just got that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, uh, I've asked repeatedly, and um, there, is, there is no definitive answer for when um, we can expect to see the the state portion of the budget finalized, which would then conclude the city portion of the um, auto tax. So I don't, I don't have a good answer. I will tell you, um, be responsible and be ready to pay the bill when it comes in, because the fact that you haven't gotten it doesn't mean it's not coming. We're going to give you a minute to summarize your campaign and ask people to vote for Dan Gendron. 
Well, thank you, Roger. And, and again, thank you to everyone who took the time to listen and, and for you, Roger, and the, the radio station for giving us the time. Um, I, all I can say is uh, I, am, I am Dan Gendron. I've built up a reputation, like it or not, you know who I am, you know what I'm going to be like. And um, I, I tell you, this is, I'm doing this for the betterment and for the, the success of the city of Woonsocket. And I am hoping that what I've done in the past will lead you to vote for me um, on Tuesday if you haven't already voted. Uh, I, I'm seeking your support because I really do have the city's best interest at heart. Um, I do want to see us provide the most affordable and the best uh, city services that we can provide. And I can only do that if uh, I'm lucky enough to get your support on Election Day. I, um, I don't have any special uh, promises that I can make because I, uh, I have done my best over the years and uh, that's what I've got to offer. And I, I just humbly ask for your support one more time and um, bring me back to the city council so that I can continue to see the city moving in the right direction with your help. All right. Well, since I'm not doing a talk show where I have to be um, like, um, uh, shall we say, objective, I can be very subjective because we're doing a segment that's... Um, uh, supposed to reflect the positive aspects of your campaign. So I went to vote the other day with Jeff Kamash. We went down City Hall, and um, you were one of the candidates that uh, I wanted to bring back to city government, and I don't mind saying it in any way at all. Con well, I so, appreciate that, Roger, so, and, and it is nice to hear, so thank you. Right, I hope it doesn't hurt you in any way. If, well, Bouchard voted for him, uh, I should not vote for him. Please do. No, I, that, that's going to carry a lot of weight. <laughs> I'm sure it does. All right, thank you. Dan Gendron, bye-bye. Take, take care, bye-bye. Dan Gendron on our live line here on WNRI with one of our uh, interviews, the last in that series.